Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to My Independence Report. Uh, my name is Kevin McDonald, and uh, you're listening to us because uh, we've got some great guests today and, and a, a wonderful idea. Uh, and we're going to talk about something that I am so, so um, um, an expert at. And uh, if anybody who knows me, they will know that fashion is something that I have... Uh, I'm a guy. What can I tell you? I have no idea. Uh, but we have somebody with us today who does have an idea. And she has taken it to a new level and a wholly different way of approaching it. And um, that's why we wanted to have her on, because I think that she is um, phenomenal at what she does. She's got a new book that's coming out. We're going to talk about all of that. And I'd like to welcome Alisa Couture, Couture to, to the show. Couture, right? Yes, that's correct. Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me. Well, you are such a, you are such a dynamo. It's 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 remarkable. But first of all, I got to ask you. Um, I know being a girl and girls are into fashion and into shopping and all. But how did you get into the fashion world? What decided you to do this and then to take it to a level that nobody has taken it to? Well, thank you. And I appreciate um, you understanding where I'm at and you get the whole fashion piece where I'm coming from. And I started way back when I was a teenager. I'm 36 now, but I started uh, when I was a teenager, I would uh, make fashion collages and I would draw fashion designs in a little sketchbook. And I really wanted to be a fashion designer. So I would just make these fashion collages more like as a form of therapy and i would draw these fashion designs i'd created notebooks and binders full of these characters with lots of fashions and interesting fashions fun fashions and so when i started doing that and knowing i wanted to be a fashion designer or at least get into the fashion industry i went to fashion design school at academy of art university and at that point i was immersed in fashion i was taking all these fashion classes i was getting really inspired by fashion even more and i have a large background in fashion retail as well fashion management visual merchandising styling and but when i was in fashion school i was really prompted by getting more philosophical with fashion theorizing fashion wondering what we could do with fashion in a deeper way and that it was really the start when i was in my teenage years in my 20s i wanted to uh, have uh, create a deeper purpose for fashion and create concepts and theories that would relate to uh, a larger picture uh, a bigger perspective on how we can create a better future for fashion so when i went to school and then i did retail and then i worked um i did a, a 
a lot of fashion blogging and I produced a fashion show um, and that was a fun uh, eco fashion show and I would uh, so I started a fashion brand a little small handmade fashion brand which was selling in pop-up shops and it was uh, sample collections that actually ended up getting in entered in the Saks Fifth Avenue Emerging Designer Talent Search competition, which to me was a real milestone of the taste and caliber of my work. So with that happening, I ended up really I was as a managing in, uh, at a fashion shop, and I really wanted to put a book together. So then I ended up moving and working as a kitchen manager at a Buddhist society and um, um, ashram. And he, the the monk there had written tw like 20 books and I was so jealous. <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, I really wanna write a book. So I started, uh, you know, I was working the kitchen as a, a cook and managing it. And at, on the side, I started taking notes for my fashion. And then I ended up leaving um, the, the position and I went up to Mount Shasta and I sort of had a bit of a spiritual awakening at Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta is supposed to be this sacred site, this spiritual vortex. And it guided me to take out the notebook again and start writing the book. And it really um, was a part of my calling, I believe, to try to create this book and this unique perspective on treating fashion as medicine and an alternative health remedy. And it is, and it goes back in the ancient times, you know, um, th this idea of uh, using fashion as a tool, as a healing modality, it's just not really um, conscious in the mainstream. You know, it's interesting because because I going from being a fashion person and then being a kitchen manager. Now, there's a conflict in terms because they're completely different. But I understand that you were at a Buddhist temple. And so some of that rubbed off on you uh, and what they were thinking and and how they how they acted and, and their their belief structure and and all of that. And see, I consider you just like um, a music writer a songwriter, a uh, poet, a uh, book writer, uh, all the people that, that are interested in doing something better for humanity. And it just happens to be that you have a flair for passion or for fashion. So because of your flair for fashion, you were able to utilize that and then you incorporate the uh, spiritual aspect of it, which I, I have never heard anyone do that before. Is that is that unique as unique as I think it is? A lot of people say the same thing you're saying. They say, I've never heard it. A, a lot of people. So, yes, you're correct. Well, it's 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 awesome because, you know, fashion especially especially for for women more more so than a guy like me you know it's like sweats and a t-shirt and i'm good um but uh for for women it's important that they feel good about themselves and look good about themselves and it can actually have uh, um health ramifications to it i'm 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 willing to guess and you're going to tell me does it have does how you dress and how you feel about yourself have clear health ramifications Absolutely. Um, yes. So I talk about that in, in my book and it's for both men and women. 
because, you know, where we're headed is the sweats and the t-shirts. We're headed for comfort. We want the ergonomic design, fashion that can really, you wear it and you, you don't just look good and you're sacrificing, you know, you're not going to itch and poke and pull and tuck and prod at your outfits. We're, we're going towards um, not just athleisure, but modern fashion that is high fashion, that looks high fashion, but that is dressed, it feels like a t-shirt and sweatpants, you know, or leggings and a t-shirt. Uh, we want to go that direction we, uh, because we want to look good. We want to be presentable. We want to have high fashion and that caliber of looking good and having that presentation because it does something for the mind. It does have, uh, it give it builds confidence. It builds self-esteem. It gives people uh, a sense of um, pride and dignity. But a lot of the, the topics that I bring up in, in fashion is uh, designing with the, the elements in mind, using air, fire, water, um, medicinal therapeutic fashion that is tactile sensitive. I talk about uh, tactility and, and what we can do with the future of fabric treatments and textures. And when we go into this spa treatment, tr turning fashion into almost a therapeutic spa treatment, I believe, and with the, the aspect of design, I, my, my, name, my last name is Couture. It's the highest form of fashion out there. So I definitely have an appreciation of the art of design. And I'm gl glad that you had mentioned that. But with that, with the design piece and then bringing in the alternative therapeutic arts, the healing arts, uh, using visual therapy, using the elements, using feng shui, using all of these different types of uh, philosophies, um, the the ancient spiritual teachings, bringing in some of those ancient spiritual teachings in, and using fashion as a tool alongside those ancient spiritual teachings. I think that we're going to uh, evolve as a humanity and it's going to be a part of this spiritual awakening and it is happening. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to evolve. I, I am sort of an advocate. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not like performing this magical thing that, that, that doesn't exist. It exists. It's out there, but it's, uh, I'm a supreme advocate advocate and, and force of trying to get the, the spread the word because fashion once we activate the consciousness of fashion and once we get it in the market of the mainstream fashion and we promote it in the advertisements then we're going to automatically uh treat fashion as something more than superficial, something that we typically relate with is the, the fashion stereotypes, you know, the jock, the hippie, uh, those types of stereotypical superficial, you know, uh, things. You know, we see, say we see a homeless person and, you know, they're the homeless person. Instead of looking at their clothes and seeing homeless, we can see, you know, innocence, the innocence archetype. You know, he, uh, the homeless is the, the victim. So uh, that we can treat, uh, instead of, uh, say, seeing a jock and seeing the athlete as a jock, 
we can treat him and look look at him in his clothing and we can see a hero or an adventurer so we can transform seeing the stereotypes of fashion into more of the style genres into more of the um archetype archetype genres and i think that's going to also be a major shift for us when we start looking at clothes and perceiving them differently because i think we can get stuck mind of egotistical ways of identifying with our fashion and this whole uh, universal point of recognizing it and going deeper and that's what we, I talk about in my book I, I talk about the deeper fat deeper truth of fashion I think it's just wonderful and when because when I was young most of the designers for women's clothing were men um, and they designed them according to how men perceive that women should look, I think. Uh, and uh, I'm so glad that there are women like yourself that are now getting involved or and and like Stella McCartney and others that that have been out there for a while that that are interested in taking uh, female clothing to a different level, to a different place that because uh, I, I love the idea of, of looking uh, pretty, sexy and comfortable. All, all at the same time. And, and if you can pull that off, you're, you're going to make people a whole lot happier than a six inch stiletto heel. If you know. What yes. That. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I believe yes. In order to feel good, you have to look somewhat attractive because you want to be attracted to yourself. Right. Um, and in order to look good, you, you know, and attractive, you kind of have to dress up or dress in a way that you think you look good and appear. And a, a part of that is the modernization with my fashion brand. I, I delved into that quite a bit with uh, my, I had a little brand called alternative fashion and I did a lot of athleisure, but I made the clothes appealing. I made the cuts really um, modern and minimalistic. So it was comfortable yet appealing. Um, but I wanted to address the piece with um, some of the major fashion designers out there what we're not necessarily addressing is that 90% of our clothing is polyester and only about 1 to 5% is cotton and linen. And in order to be healthy, we really need to wear plants. And we are not going to reach the mass market with only cotton and linen. So what I um, have addressed in my book is I have a glossary of 36 different types of plants that we can wear and we can produce a mass commercially, like rami, tensile, li linen, bamboo, pina, rosebush stem, aloe, cactus, all of these different types of plants coming from invasive weeds, the desert, aquatic plants from the ocean. When we, so what I, what I'm addressing is the whole ecosystem needs to flourish and cultivate and we need to harvest multiple different types of plants. And this has been done in history. In South America, they would plant 650 different types of plants for textile use. Wow. 650 in South America alone. So 
this uh, is what I believe need, is going to address the polyester issue because polyester is a non-renewable resource. It is the pH is not balanced. It's it's unbreathable, making the body uh, too acidic. So it, it's trapping in too much air. And I I wear some polyester. I have a polyester coat. I know that you know it's. I, I wear synthetic shoes. I'm not against polyester completely, but I believe that we're going into uh, an age where we need to make more textile machinery to develop more plants. And textile experiments, there's textile experiments, uh, for instance, in the Philippines, they're uh, experimenting with the water hyacinth stem and it's an invasive weed so it's a perfect a perfect plant to put in a nice it's, it has a nice silky luster for the textile and this is also going to be um uh i believe part of the evolution in the textile industry and fashion industry is not just wearing cotton linen because we cannot stress just the cotton plant and linen plant alone in making it mass produced to the point where it can take over the industry. It just can't. But when we take multiple hundreds, you know, possibly hundreds of different types of plants, this is where we can get it to a level where the polyester the non-renewable resource, uh, the, the, the oil-derived uh, textile can de decrease. Now, is, uh, is hemp one of those that you would yes. put into that category? Oh, yes, absolutely. Hemp, I, I used hemp in my alternative fashion brand. I love hemp, and I think hemp is one of the top best plants for the industry, and it's it's going on it's 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 going in a direction where it's uh hemp traders is is the supplier that i had used and they do small minimums to large minimums they're a great supplier um hemp traders and i i do love hemp fabric i talk about hemp fabric and it is a spiritual plant uh, to to wear it's it's a quite a phenomenal plant yes you know, what kills me is that uh, you look at uh, and what you exactly what you're talking about. You look at plants that are invasive weeds or like hemp that is you can grow hemp in all. Not that I would know personally, but you can grow hemp in almost any situation and it will flourish there. And you can use it to build houses. You can use it for clothes. You can use it for paper. You can use it. You can no longer have to kill trees. If we chose to, and we could use hemp instead for all kinds of things, but we're we're not bright enough to figure that out yet. Hopefully, people like you <laughs> will help uh, people figure out that 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 we that we have to do it a better way, and we can do it naturally, and we can do it with what the earth provides us. That's yes, what we're trying to do right exactly. And there's a sci. I I will add. There's a scientist that. Uh, was trying to take the 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 green stalk of the corn the 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 covering of the corn to take it peel it off to, to and use that green covering 
as a form of a textile. And so they built a machine. They didn't labor laboriously peel off the green layers. They built a machine to take off the green the green covering on the corn to build to put it uh, as a textile uh, uh, type of plant. <laughs> so wait, right now, right now they're they're using NGO. They're taking the corn kernel. But we don't really want to dress in corn, a, a corn syrupy, acidic type of fabric. We need the the plants because it's a neutral pH. It's balanced. It's breathable. And so the out the scientist, excuse me, I don't remember his name, but he he took the the green st the covering that covers the um, the corn, and he turned it into a fabric. And the, the best part of it is he didn't laboriously peel off each, you know, stalk of the, the green leaves. He, he developed a machine that would do that. So that's really what we have to do is we have to build the technology so that, you know, we don't have to go back in the age where we would laboriously go in the fields and pick and, and peel all of these things and, uh, I would give you an example, Acroma. Acroma is a dye house, and they do synthetic and natural dye in mass-produced uh, ways. And the Acroma, they have, uh, like, they use acorn shells and things like walnuts, and they use those pieces, and they have ways of developing these dyes in a mass-produced way, which is a really incredible thing because a lot of the commercials that you see in the advertising, you see a lot of local dyes that are uh, made from plants in little pots over the fire. And right now, that's really minimizing the aspect of what we could do what we can do with dyeing our clothes at mass commercially. Now, let me see if for those for those that may be listening now or in the future that are like, I don't understand. I don't understand what she's talking about. Uh, then, and let me see if I can put it into simple terms that I can understand. And that is this. Um, your the largest organ in your body is your skin. Your skin allows things to pass through it, which is why you can have a cigarette nicotine patch and you put it on your arm and it goes through your skin. So if you've got um, um, acidic clothing that you're wearing, and tell me if I'm wrong in this, if you're wearing acidic clothing or things that are not healthy for you that don't breathe and stuff like that, you can actually be absorbing into your body uh, some of the dyes and chemicals that are used in some of these artificial products that can actually affect your health. Am I Am I way out there or am I kind of close? No, that's exactly 100% it. And that's, I wrote that, well, I mentioned what you said in my book, all of it, <laughs> really. I mean, because, so, yeah, you're right on. Uh, I I had also, also mentioned, um, you know, the samurai warriors, they would wear uh, undergarments and they would wear their costumes, um, their their outfits in indigo dyed fabrics and this indigo dye would seep into their skin and it would heal their wounds. That's, oh, no. that's, 
that's what it was it, it, it's mentioned it's mentioned in research so it the, the nicotine patch is a perfect example it goes straight it goes straight through the the pores and what we're dealing with the microplastics you know we could be breathing in the plastics and there's been studies where uh plastics has is being found in our feces i know it sounds pretty gross but you know we we could be ingesting the the plastics and with all of these nano uh nano materials that we're wearing uh, with a lot of the synthetic treatments it's not a it's not a good idea if it's artificial we really have to think that what we're ingesting internally it is affects us in so many ways and and what we wear on our body it is just the same we we really have to pay attention to uh wearing more plants on our body too because plants is medicine when we go out into the wilderness or walk on the beach we just get this instant vibe this instant frequency of energy and when we wear plants we're kind of mimicking that and you know not everybody gets the chance to wear an a hundred percent cotton wardrobe i mean i i don't my leggings i wear cotton leggings with about five to ten percent spandex so i'm not a hundred percent plant-based as much as i'd like to and i could if i really you know tried but economically speaking you know i i talk to the masses we don't have to dress in a hundred percent organic but we do want to venture to the more plant-based realm and we just want to dress more comfortably and therapeutically and we want to get into some different dynamics of what makes healthy fashion what makes unhealthy fashion and a lot of the unhealthy fashion i i do talk uh, about it in my work unhealthy fashion being fashion that stems from the ego fashion that is uncomfortable to the soul because what i have gathered is um and this is this could be a little uh bizarre in research um they would in european the europeans would design their clothing and structure their clothing to mimic the the temples and the churches near them local to them because they believed that it would house and seal the light force within them similar to the way the temples seal the light force within the temple so we have this shamanic you know light worker energetic idea and aspect to it i talk a lot about the aura and the metaphysics uh, piece and so when we 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 could actually uh, use our clothes and we probably already are we are it's unconscious our clothes are, are trapping in our light force and sealing in our soul so that we don't um, you know because our seal can our soul can leak out of us if uh, to, due to trauma and, and due to physical injury or whatnot and so using our clothing as protection as a form of armor these are all these types of things that um, can be a, a part of the, the healthy realm of uh, fashion you know it's interesting you, you mentioned going into the woods i and if somebody says what do you mean well i want you to do this next time you have the opportunity to go into the woods pick a big ass tree a biggest tree you can find and then i want you to put your hands on the tree 
you'll feel the vibration and the life force coming from that tree. I swear to God, it's true. You may not believe it, but it's true because that is a life force and it's all throughout the forest and it's the, the energy, the positive energy is there. And that does get translated into the clothes that you wear and, and the things that you do. And even, even though, um, we, we wear clothes to protect ourselves sometimes energetically, uh, you don't necessarily have to, if you can, uh, uh, protect yourself energetically and you know how to do those things. Um, but you can protect yourself, but it's always a good idea. And the other thing is I can, I'm going to get on my soapbox. I'm sorry. Uh, but, um, um, polyester is oil based. Um, and it comes from, um, it's from oil and we need to get away from oil. We need to stop using it. We need to stop going natural with things that, that we don't need to, um, keep polluting the place, uh, because we're running out of time. We can't, we, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little older than you. Okay. I'm a lot older than you, but, <laughs> but so, you know, I'm not going to be here to see what's going to happen in the world in 40 years. You will be. And I'm so pl- proud of you for doing what you're doing because you are working to change the dynamic of where we are. So, and make it a better place for all of us to be. And that is super that you're doing that. And I thank you. Thank you so much. And you know, hopefully you will see some uh, major shifts within the near decades. And, hey, you might outlive me. I have some health problems. You know, I could die before you. You just don't know. But in terms of what you had mentioned with the oil, I I did write, uh, I did talk about this. And if we see all the oil spills in the oceans and all of the birds and sea life can suffocate from the oil. So that's a piece right there um, with the lack of breathability that we're getting. Are we sealing in our oxygen to the point where it's um, causing uh, injury? And that's suspect. And um, it's up for not interpretation. There has been studies and research involved. But I did also want to mention with the oil, we are water-based and oil and water doesn't mix. It's it's typically, it's just the, the chemistry involved. So with us being, I don't know, we're above 90% water, I believe having the more uh, hydro... Uh, phobic no philic hydrophilic the water-based fabrics the fabrics that can actually hold in water like i believe linen can hold up to uh, 15 to 20 percent water actually that statistic might be wrong it could be five to ten percent but it can hold in water and most all plant-based fabrics can hold in water and it's actually a good thing because we uh, our water our, our water excuse me, our body needs that water. And you're just so correct with us having to get away from the oil. The the whole industry, I know, like the cars are trying to be electric and the hybrids are trying to get away from the the oil. Mm -hmm. And the the oil is uh, uh, condensed um fossils condensed fossils and the the chemistry of it do we really feel uh comfortable in it and i'll give you a a perfect example uh and it you know it might be a little we get 
infections, uh, we get infections in our private parts so easily when we wear uh, menstrual pads, plastic menstrual pads, or polyester undergarments. So what does the doctor prescribe? The, 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 the doctor always prescribes wear cotton undergarments. Or don't, you know, or don't wear any underwear because it needs to breathe and the plastic is suffocating and causing that internal and external infection. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, there are also t um, things out there like aloe-based fabric and aloe treatments. There's fabrics that are putting aloe into the the materials into the fiber and it's going to release into the skin over time but the problem with that is uh the thing is the problem is they're using a poly material most people who are treating their fabrics with aloe vera a lot of them are using the poly as the base and the thing is that's not the best conductor we mm -hmm. really need we really need to uh, get in with the uh, full spectrum of plants and create an, a, a paradise, an ecosystem that flourishes on this earth. The more plants, the merrier. It's going to be a beautiful thing if we we start really advancing into our technology. And uh, we'll mention Capic. Capic is a poly, uh, is a, a down alternative down fluff. It's in a pod, and it's on a tree, and it's like cotton, but it's a nice fluff, and it's a great material to stuff coats. It's a oh, great wow. material to stuff mittens and gloves, and outerwear apparel. It's a perfect uh, opportunity to use for an alternative to polyfill and, and feather down. I have a. I have a. Uh, I just thought of a. Uh, of a bumper sticker for you or a uh, t-shirt thing. It's uh, Go Commando. <clears throat> <laughs> so if you go Commando, you're not going to have a rash and stuff and, and things. <laughs> so we can we put that on on a little on a little uh, uh, button that says Go Commando. That would, yeah, that would be, everybody would have a good time with that. So. Uh, <laughs> But I, no, I really, I really like your message, and and what what inspires me about it is that um, number one, if we were to start growing these plants on, in a massive scale, uh, they are also some of the bigger uses of of uh, carbon dioxide, and they they produce carbon dioxide and emit oxygen. So that's another way for us to get rid of the the carbon problem that we have, which is causing global warming and stuff like that. I'm not going to say that that's going to solve it, but that there's every little piece. It's like, like every, every piece that we can put out there that makes sense. So I, I really think that, where did you learn all this stuff? Was it, did you learn this at the, at the, uh, um, at the uh, Buddhist temple or <laughs> did you just decide that you wanted to study this and, and to put this out there? Well, um, I, before I, I want to not lose my train of thought. Okay. It will solve a lot. As I meant, you just mentioned, it's not going to solve the complete issue with the polyester craze. But number the the pollution of the fashion industry is number two. And that reason being is because they use 90% of polyester. They, they manufacture 90% poly. So they're using all these fossil fuels. So if the fashion industry is a huge 
that we really have to cut down on the poly because number two in pollution, the number one is the number one pollution in the world is fossil fuels, and the number two is fashion industry, and that is because we use the fossil fuels to make the fabrics. So the fashion industry is a large piece here. It's really a, a indicator too that um, if we don't shift to plants to to bio um, to biofabrics, bio-based fabrics and plant-based fabrics, we're we're going to have issues down the road. But yes, you asked me, where did I learn all of this? It's been a culmination of just life experience. It's been a culmination of, of uh, my life experience. Um, I, I've had uh, allergies and reactions to polyester due to my health issues. So I'm like an antenna. And I, I'm an energetic radar to to repelling polyester, and even though I do wear some polyester. Not all polyester bothers me, but some of it really does. Like if I can't wear nylons, uh, nylons just they they make me itch and they they really bother me. So um, it's not just an yes. Oh, I was just going to ask. You're in the fashion industry. Who developed? Who decided to, that nylons were a good thing for women to wear? Well, in the 1930s, the 1930s, this polyester, nylon, rayon, uh, acetate, acrylic, a, a big boom in the 1930s occurred, and they all invented all of this uh, polyester and acrylic and rayon and acetate and nylon in the 1930s. All of the mass chemical uh, industries like DuPont and Monsanto, um, and it's actually interesting because Monsanto creates 90% GMO cotton on this planet, and they were also uh, one of the mass leaders in developing uh, synthetic fabrics in the 1930s so they have really wreaked havoc a little bit on on the industry <laughs> well I'll, I'll tell you monsanto does not have a really good name as far as being environmentally friendly no um, because they, they make a lot of stuff but i wanted to ask you because somebody's going to say yeah but if we do the plant-based thing it's going to be really expensive and the clothes are going to go expensive and be really expensive is that is that true or can we through time and innovation, bring the costs down so that they can be competitive with uh, some of the uh, of the uh, uh, fabrics that they use that are that they are man made. Well, um, I do have thoughts on that, and I I'm not really good with numbers, but I believe that we're transitioning into a new age and a spiritual awakening and the golden age. And, you know, I think money is going to shift our our perception of money and how we trade and value money is going to shift. I think things are going to change and we're going to be able to evolve on the planet. A lot of these underdeveloped countries, this is a perfect opportunity for to launch projects and developments and underdeveloped companies to give them a proper uh manufacturing industries and facilities because I know that there's been some issues with not giving uh, you know the the whole thing with in Bangladesh or the, uh, a building collapsed so so giving a, a the evolution of the planet is part of bringing these more of these plant textiles in the market 
bring, bringing up the underdeveloped countries, giving them projects, giving them de uh, developments in new manufacturing facilities with the, the plant textiles involved. I think this is part of it. I I. I I agree 100%. I think I think that if we were it, it see the problem that we've got is that we're not getting we're not getting serious about anything. Uh we're not we're not making a decision that because there's a lobby out there and in the oil lobby that doesn't want us to stop using oil in fashion and and in polyester and those things because and so they've got these guys that, that go to Capitol Hill and, and they lobby for people to create rules or not to change the rules. Like as, as an example, hemp is a perfect example. There are places in this country where it's illegal to grow hemp. Um, and that just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, but and for those for those that are religious minded, even even Adam and Eve wore fig leaves. But they were not <laughs> no, there it is. There you go. <laughs> It's true. I mean, it's it's really true. It's I I I don't we we eat plants. You know, the plant based diet is really a phenomenal thing. Um, I I'm not completely a, a plant eater, hundred percent. I'm not vegan. I'm not a purist, but I do believe that this it, it's going to be a fun opportunity. And we do have the governments. I, I'm gl I'm glad that you uh, approached the the cons uh, the, the the thing that I, the thing that's going on with the lobbying that's a serious thing a and the, the whole legalities of it is a serious thing and that's really not uh my piece I i'm not really government minded i i don't really think politics it's <laughs> it's not my my you know thing that i work on but i know that we do have to uh, we have to intervene. We ha there has to be some form of intervention involved, uh, getting you know some of the good guys in the government that want to kind of create more of an evolution on this planet. You know, not the not the revolts, not the the, the government uh, with the the obsession with oil and and everything. So, yes, I I don't really think about it too much but i think that it's going to evolve and it's going to take over and it's going to flourish and i i believe there's a lot of the, the textile industry that are coming up with alternatives and solutions already and it, it just needs to be in demand the designers really have to uh, make it a, a priority but we also as a fashion consumer we have to pick cotton we have to pick linen we have to pick out the clothing pieces that we want and make it a demand because if we don't as a society you know if we keep buying the the polyester which i probably i'm not i'm not saying that I don't wear poly, but if we don't buy more plant-based fabrics, we're not going to create the demand. So it, it has to be sort of a universal idea and it has to come out in the masses in order to change the the government and the lobbying issues. And like I said, the, that's a real critical, serious issue. And I think it's going to pan out the way it's supposed to. I think that God should intervene. I think that there has to be some kind of rules and laws that go above some of the corruption involved that may be limiting our uh, plans, our future plans for health and society. 
I got I got a question for you. By the way, we're talking with uh, Alisa Contour, Contour, and she is a um, designer with a healthy slant to it, and uh, she believes, and as I do, that that we are spiritual. Um, people in a physical body, but we have to take care of our physical body so that our spirit can be as healthy as it can be. And uh, you are, you're, you're an awesome, you're an awesome young lady. I wanted, I wanted to ask you because somebody in the audience is going to be asking me, um, okay, where do I find these clothes? Where do I find uh, this? Is there a store or is there a group of stores or is it just underground? Where, where can somebody find plant-based clothing? Well, you can start. Uh, you can start at looking at the tags. You know, you could go to Target, and you could find a sweatshirt, a cute modern cropped pastel dyed sweatshirt that's really adorable by Universal Threads, and they're actually doing some sustainable methods with cotton and dyeing. If you look up their website, and so you can start at Target as one of the most mass retailers. They sell a lot of polyester, but they do sell a little cotton. And then you could go to more of a high-end place like Nordstrom online. They have a great filter where you can really uh, choose what you want. So you could go um, to Nordstrom and and they have it by listed by material. So you can click, uh, say, cotton, and they will list all of the pieces um, from all the designers that are made out of 100% cotton or 100% linen. So that's a perfect, I, I love that tool that they have. It's it's really amazing. And then um, searching online, but not everybody wants to search online. So you, you know, you, you may want to go to your local shops and, and find, um, find the labels and, and check out, I know poly blend is better than just poly. I, I do believe there's a lot of cotton and polyester blends. But if you choose poly blends over um, just poly, that is better. Question for you again. Um, um, I had it there and it was on. You ever had that happen to you when it, when a question was on the tip of your tongue and then suddenly it just disappears? So, in, in, but in any event, um, I love I love your work and oh, I I know what it was. I think that what you should be talking or you could if you choose to talk to somebody who's got deep pockets and say, you know, as a marketing tool uh, to build a line of clothing that is uh, plant-based and doesn't affect negatively the environment is better better to wear um if you, you could find somebody that puts up a bunch of some money to put that and to make it happen and i bet you there are lots and lots of people once they're educated education is the key once they're educated as to why they should do that for their better health that i think it would be wildly uh, um, successful Thank you so much. I I have done a PowerPoint presentation before, um, and I do need to do more of those. I think it's really important to spread awareness. And, you know, there are a lot of change makers out there that are um, creating healthy ways of uh fashion but there's just not enough uh we need we need it to go mainstream and we need to bring the sustainability markets and the eco fashion 
markets into the healthy realm because when we dress for health, it automatically treats the environment. And a lot of the sustainability markets, they're advocating for poly and saying that it's recycled. But it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle uh, using polyester, and it's not uh, it's not holistic. It's not completely holistic to wear. Um, it it is definitely a process, and I think people are are new to it. Uh, even in fashion, I, I believe the concept of of treating fashion as a healing modality and treating it as an alternative health remedy is is um, not like extremely mainstream, but we're getting there and just, you know, you talking about you getting it, I mean, you're, you, you're obviously into fashion because you, you know about these topics and you, you're really uh, an ideal change maker yourself to talking about this topic. So, uh, I, you know, I'm happy about it and it's so much fun and it, it's a fun thing to talk about. It's it, it, the coming up with these new ideas of creating fashion as something supernatural, something that's really out of this world. Because for me, you know, fashion is so much fun, but it can actually be a little boring. Um, it can get boring when I'm looking at the runway and I'm seeing all of these crazy inspiring garments, but they're all made out of plastic. And I'm just like, oh, you know, if I could only wear that dress, but it just wouldn't feel good on my body, you know? So I, I think that we're at a turning point here and it's going to, it's going to get better. I, if I could wear a dress, then I, never mind. I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> it is. See, I have trouble with my. I have like size fourteen feet, and the stiletto heels just wouldn't work for me. Um, <laughs> so, so I, I would fall over and break my ankle. Is what would happen. But no, we we we've been talking with. Uh, by the way, will you come back? Cause I, I I value what you have to say. You're an adorable person. You've got a great spirit to you. Um, you you're great energy. Uh, I align myself with people like you uh, because you you've got you got it going on, girl. Thank and, you so uh, much. Yes, I'll be back for sure. You got you got lots of talent. Um, we'd love to. Uh, um, I, my executive producer, who's been listening, as a matter of fact. She she uh, um, chimed in uh, super interesting topic and it, and it is and uh, and and we would uh, on our website uh, we would we would put uh, some of your clothing up there and 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 stuff like that so that people can see some of the, the designs that you do and that kind of stuff. I what you what you're doing is uh, you're ahead of the curve, but it's absolutely absolutely needed. Thank We've you so much. Changes. Thank you. And the validation confirmation from you is really important. You know, it's good to hear, you know, uh, a respectable human and such as yourself that can really advocate it and understand the need. That's it's crucial for me because I'll look like a silly person if <laughs> if I don't have people like you that totally get in they're right on and spot on well, the information. Well, thank you so much because it is it's it's it, we're getting to the point where i'm i am horribly concerned about the state of our planet 
and what we are doing to ourselves and what we are continuing to do. And we've got to, if, if you don't stand up and if I don't stand up and others that believe the same things don't stand up, then nothing will change. Yes. And if nothing changes and we got a big problem. And my kids are, my kids are about your age, um, little 33 and 30. And uh, I've got a granddaughter who's three years old. I want her to be able to live in a healthy environment when she's my age. And I, if we don't make changes, that's not going to happen. And so that's why I applaud what you're doing and we'll do everything in my power to support you. Oh, thank you so much. Now, it's been lovely speaking with you. Uh, you're a very kind soul yourself. And um, I love your program. I love your work. It's uh, you're, a ve- you're an inspiration to many. And I, I'm very happy that I got a chance to speak with you and tell everybody uh, about healthy fashion. Absolutely. And the name of your book, now your book is coming out, right? It's not out yet? Yes, it's uh, in the pre-order stage, and you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound. You can Google search Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths, and it's I, I believe it's over the hundreds. It's, it's, it's in the hundreds of bookstores worldwide at this point, um, so I, I'm very excited about it. I, I just need to keep spreading the word. <laughs> So, so it's in, so you've had, you've had, uh, booksellers order your book, um, and is they're, they're going to put it on the shelves when it's due to uh, be released. Yeah, it's and, all online. I, I don't know if they're all going to put it on their bookshelves, but they're all online. Um, and yes, I, I believe that, that many of them will put them on the bookshelves. Any idea and, how many, how many pre-sales you've had? I, I, don't i don't look at those numbers i'm too afraid to be honest (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm too curious i I would be i would be googling it every day trying to well i'm trying i'm trying to get you know i'm trying to get it out to the masses as much as possible and make it a hit so you know we'll see it's it's a little bit of pressure but it's a good mission and it's a good message so i i'm doing the best i can well, let me tell you something, young lady. I had a gentleman by the name of Timothy Coons. He was an actor and a director, and he came on my show last April. And uh, he and I said, you know, the next time that we talk, you're gonna walk down the red carpet. And uh, <laughs> and he and he said, oh yeah, well, okay, maybe. And uh, well, you know what? He had a uh, um, um, film festival that showed some of his work, and he won three awards going down the red carpet and so i'm telling you your book is going to be successful oh uh, so okay i'm gonna believe it (laughs) i'll believe you absolutely believe (laughs) that's awesome story (laughs) believe it with every fiber of your being because it's going to it's going to be people are going to go well now this wakes this makes too much damn sense why didn't we buy do this before so yeah that's what it is you you're you're just awesome and i and i hope you're feeling better and feeling well and and the health things are 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 under control and all that stuff thank you so much thank you we will be in touch and uh i know my producer uh holly will want to will want to do some more stuff i'd like to follow up to see after a month or two of after the release of how the book is going that means you're gonna have to look at some numbers and stuff but i i I really think that what you're doing is just vital thank you thank you yeah you are uh, now you're being a coach (laughs) we're gonna look (laughs) at those numbers (laughs) 
That, you know, it's just the way, the way it is. So, by That's the way, right. we've been talking with Alisa Couture, and she is dynamic and wonderful. Your website is? It is uh, www.hsandhealthyfsandfashioncampaign.com. And campaign it is, and you're you're going to be in the forefront, and that's that's just awesome. When I when you're on Oprah, you have to give me a shout out. I will certainly. <laughs> so thank you. You know, you you wait right there because I've got something I've got to do, and then uh, then then I'm going to talk to you a little bit more. So stay right where you are. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.